Now, in decentralized uh, locations, um, the problem to attract uh, um, uh, operators, mini-grid or, or even operators of standalone systems, is that uh, they need uh, some business uh, uh, of, of a size that makes uh, their presence viable, uh, economically speaking. So that's why we thought that uh, the school can actually serve as entry point for um, many other energy activities, so for productive uses, namely. Um, and therefore, the, the system that would be serving the school needs could also be looking at the community and uh, primarily the, the economic activities within the community based on what uh, the uh, value chains uh, of economic value are present in there, um, but also the, the households, uh, perhaps, in an That was Rafaela Belanca, the lead on access to energy at the World Food Program. And this is the Power for All podcast, a forum for leaders working to end energy poverty. I'm your host, William Brent. In support of this year's UN Food System Summit, our conversation with Rafa is part of a special series we're doing on the critical link between food systems and decentralized renewable energy. Our goal is to shed light on game-changing ideas in Africa and Asia that can help both ensure sustainable energy for all, improve farmers' lives, and support in-country economic growth. Rafa, who is advancing the value proposition for energy access across the World Food Program's uh, various activities, is also doing pioneering work to link energy, school lunches, and smallholder farmers, which is the topic of our conversation. Welcome, Rafa. Thank you, Will. So, you know, WFP has, for quite some time, already done a, a, a huge amount of work to make school lunches and uh, make sure that school children in rural Africa and Asia and elsewhere get fed with nutritional lunches. It'd be great if you could start just by explaining why school lunches are so important uh, within the whole food systems and um, the scale of, of such an effort by the WFP. I mean, how many lunches are you actually providing for, for students? Yeah, thank you, Will. Um, indeed, I mean, the school feeding program is uh, actually one of the oldest within WFP. It has been running for six decades and uh, touching uh, uh, more than 100 countries around the world. Um, so definitely something that we've been doing for a long time and uh, slowly uh, handing over these programs to the governments um, as much as possible. So that's an ongoing process. But uh, in um, 2019, for example, um, we reached uh, over 17 million children in, uh, in 59 countries with uh, uh, hot meals or snacks. Um, and, and that's uh, the direct work that we do. But then there is another piece of work, which is um, uh, in close uh, uh, cooperation or for the governments themselves. So we build capacity of governments, uh, and uh, in 2019 it was 65, uh, reaching uh, indirectly other 39 million uh, children. 
Now, those are big numbers, but actually the need that is out there is even bigger. So uh, WFP in its new um, school feeding strategy is aiming at uh, uh, touching 73 million uh, children in uh, 60 countries. So that's, uh, that's really ambitious and it constitutes uh, a, a perfect platform for, uh, uh, for us dealing with uh, access to energy to um, see that uh, these programs uh, are well-rounded and um, consider holistically uh, the support uh, to schools. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, maybe I'll just pick up on that point. Um, you know, and it's it's just pretty incredible that you're seven seventy million children in sixty countries. It's just a phenomenal effort. There's no uh, no surprise why the WFP won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, that's that's a major effort. Um, so you, you talked about energy, right? Many of these schools are in rural areas. These communities in the rural areas lack electricity, hundreds of millions of people in sub-Saharan Africa, South and Southeast Asia. So now, you know, I think to your point, you're, you're looking at a new initiative, which is called Energizing School Feeding, um, which I'm assuming is trying to address that issue uh, by making sure that the schools in these communities actually have energy. How does that work, and 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 or what's the vision for that I, that concept, and and what's the role for decentralized renewables in that? Yes. So actually, um, uh, you know, it's uh, yes, decentralized uh, renewables is one. Uh, uh, possibility and of course uh, is uh, in, in most cases uh, um, our schools being the, the poorest uh, with uh, the, the biggest needs are in decentralized positions uh, locations so the idea there is uh, to uh, bring electricity to um, address the needs of the school uh, starting from clean cooking to uh, digital learning to lighting simply, uh, but also some cases water pumping um, and so forth, a refrigerator for the vaccines rather than uh, to preserve uh, fresh foods. So all the needs that the school might have. Now in decentralized uh, locations, um, the problem to attract uh, um, uh, operators, mini grid, or or even operators of standalone systems, is that uh, they need uh, some business uh, uh, of of a size that makes uh, their presence viable, uh, economically speaking. So that's why we thought that uh, the school can actually serve as entry point for um, many other energy activities, so for productive uses, namely. Um, and therefore, the, the system that would be serving the school needs could also be looking at the community and uh, primarily the, the economic activities within the community based on what uh, the uh, value chains uh, of economic value are present in there, um, but also the, the households uh, perhaps in, an, uh, in a following phase. Um, 
Now, that's in remote areas. We shouldn't forget that in, uh, oftentimes, even in areas where, for example, urban uh, poor areas or uh, semi-urban, very urban um, locations, schools in some cases might be connected either to the grid or to existing uh, uh, mini-grids. Yet, they uh, very often still cook with the biomass. So that's a, a real opportunity to um, do make interventions that uh, um, look at the clean cooking aspect of it, introducing uh, much more efficient uh, solutions, um, such as uh, electric cooking, with all the benefits that we know are associated with the clean cooking, so on the health, environment, uh, gender, um, time saving, and so forth. Yeah. Um, so that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, essentially, I think what we're talking about is, is looking at the school in these communities as almost an anchor load for a mini grid or some other type of distributed energy. And then, you know, if you do add uh, e-cooking, I mean, the, the energy demand of most electric cook stoves or pressure cookers uh, is quite high. So, you know, I could see where there would be, um, you know, significant demand from the school that would then enable a mini grid to have a, a viable business model. But I guess the, the one, one sort of side question on that is, you know, how do you, how do you make that financeable and, you know, uh, sustainable over the long term so that these systems, if they are built, they don't become obsolete, there's not uh, operations and maintenance, but then there's a sustainable business model in there that's affordable for the government, but also viable for the energy provider. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, the, the, the only way we see really to uh, introduce solutions that uh, do not uh, uh, break completely after the end of the project is to have uh, operators, uh, of course, uh, to manage the, the systems uh, or the mini-grids or uh, what, uh, what the case would be. Um, so private sector, basically. And uh, um, uh, one way uh, we see that would work is that uh, WFP would um, de-risk uh, somewhat the... Uh, capital investment, the initial investment of, uh, of this private sector actor by uh, providing uh, uh, vouchers and uh, incentives to the school and to the community to use the energy that is provided. So WFP um, is reluctant to engage with the on, on the supply side. It's not our uh, um, strong uh, uh, side, our strong side is to work with the beneficiaries, uh, um, helping them to use the energy rather than uh, um, uh, concerning ourselves with the, the energy production. Um, in, um, I mean, for the, the system to work, uh, we'll probably need uh, uh, several components. So, um, as much as possible, the system should be market-based. So um, the, the activities uh, would need to make enough profit 
for the end users to be able to pay a fee uh, that there then uh, in turn would uh, allow the operator to maintain uh, uh, their, uh, their activities. Um, that might not be the case everywhere uh, at all times. So we envisage uh, some support uh, and with the social benefits associated with uh, uh, bringing electricity to a school, I think that a, a government or alternatively um, uh, aid partners uh, um, support can be justified. Uh, so uh, subsidies, in other words, uh, would be needed uh, smart subsidies, so with uh, uh, phasing out and uh, with a whole lot of other considerations, but uh, uh, some sort of subsidies. Uh, carbon, of course, could play a role um, in the case of uh, school cooking. Um, the methodology for, for carbon accreditation uh, is, uh, is rather simplified uh, in comparison with uh, households. Uh, they are big stoves, they don't move, uh, and we are already present in those schools because of the food distribution. So the monitoring would also be um, cheaper, uh, in other words. Um, another aspect is... Uh, our um, relationship with uh, small order farmers. So um, associated with the school feeding program, there is uh, uh, another uh, program called the homegrown school feeding. And that uh, aims at uh, procuring the food that uh, we distribute in schools as much as possible locally. Uh, now, the ambition is great. The reality is that uh, oftentimes we can't uh, um, procure locally because of uh, um, quality and quantity, uh, food quality and quantity impediments. So the, the, the quality standards are not there. Um, procuring for, from small order farmers uh, is, uh, is much more complex uh, than uh, um, uh, procuring from big uh, distributors, uh, and so the price uh, is uh, is higher, and so forth. Um, addressing those uh, challenges, uh, I strongly I strongly believe that that requires energy. So mm, the way to improve the quality of food is uh, mm, to to process it uh, with machines. Um, and machines do need energy. Um, preserving that food also to avoid uh, post-harvest losses and so forth, that requires energy. Producing more of that food, that requires energy with solar irrigation and so forth. So I see a, a strong role in uh, um, uh, complementing this uh, uh, relationship and work that is already ongoing within WFP with uh, the small order farmers with energy components. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that these two things together, the energizing school feeding uh, concept comp uh, combined with this idea of homegrown school feeding, you're basically uh, creating, creating a nice closed loop of local food production, 
that can be more mechanized, can be, uh, you know, the, the, the food can be preserved for longer periods of time in refrigeration. Uh, and then that would then be used within an electrified school setting uh, to provide warm lunches based on local, locally sourced um, uh, food. Is, is, is that, is that a correct? Absolutely. Is that, is that the right summer? Okay. And so where, where yes. do these, where do these two things stand? I mean, where are you in terms of the, the these concepts in terms of actually implementation? Yes, we have been uh, working on uh, on this. Co- so, well, the, the the school feeding, of course, is a established uh, um, uh, program, uh, long date program, and the homegrown school feeding as well uh, is there. We have worked uh, for many years uh, with uh, improved cooking in uh, in schools, so that's not new either. Um, the difference is that uh, we didn't aim uh, to tiers four or five uh, cooking solutions. So we didn't uh, uh, really uh, look at modern uh, cooking uh, so far, while, uh, while the energetic school feeding definitely does. Um, and of course, then the, the electrification component is new. Um, we are in discussions with uh, different um, donors to um, try and uh, um, implement uh, um, some um, pilots in different regions. We do have uh, one ongoing uh, uh, project in Armenia um, that uh, yeah is is uh, uh, really incarnating the the energetic school feeding concept, and uh, we are gathering uh, data from it to to inform uh, um, further applications. Um, yeah, so um, we had to align uh, different teams because this is, of course, uh, uh, cross-cutting as uh, energy, the curse of energies that is cross-cutting. And uh, um, we can't really uh, promote energy for the sake of it. We, also, we always have to convince uh, people working in other sectors that they do need energy. So that takes uh, lots of time. But uh, um, we are now uh, working in tandem with the school feeding program and uh, and also um, yeah, our colleagues that uh, do lots of work with, uh, with farmers. And I'm sorry, you said the one project was taking place where? In Armenia. Armenia. Okay, very good. Yes. Um, and are you getting a positive response from donors? I mean, what's the what's the interest level at this point? Yes, yes, we are. Uh, of course, um, uh, when you're starting, uh, everybody wants to jump uh, on the uh, winning horse when uh, has already won some uh, races. Uh, <laughs> But um, but yeah, the, the the interest is definitely high because uh, you know the benefits are so obvious and uh, uh, diverse that um, yes, there is there is quite a bit of interest. Um, also because of its uh, potential to scale. So we are talking about uh, you know that couple of schools in one country, the couple of schools in another country. 
to really adjust the concept to different contexts. But once we get it right, then, uh, then we work with thousands of schools all around the world. Um, so not, not talking about uh, the, uh, the schools that we do not directly work with, but uh, that we could, um, uh, we discuss with governments. And, and so uh, we could showcase some, uh, this solution uh, to governments and reach many uh, more schools uh, through this advisory role. Yeah, and when when do you think that you might have enough data from the projects that you're doing uh, to actually start to um, to to do that, to put it in front of governments and say to them, "Hey, this is an opportunity to to really make a difference." Yeah, we are already uh, talking about the concept um, to in uh, some cases to governments. Um, but we will have now um, good data uh, within this year. I think we'll have uh, uh, some data from Armenia uh, for sure. And um, if uh, the implementation of other two um, pilots that we have in the pipeline uh, can start, um, then we'll have those two. Um, and, and those uh, are um, not really the full uh, energizing school feeding, but uh, the one that is uh, focusing on the uh, uh, modern cooking. So really uh, urban or peri-urban uh, context, introducing the electric pressure cookers. Fantastic. Um, well, I mean, it's great to see, Rafa, that you, I mean, you've always been a champion of renewable energy within the food, whole food systems community. And I just want to take a moment to, to thank you for, for your work and, you know, your, your tired, tireless uh, support for trying to integrate these uh, energy solutions into the food system. So it's great to see that these two things are, um, you know, uh, creating momentum. And we're really excited to see how they can scale, and we will be there uh, cheering you on. So please, uh, you know, keep us in the loop as things develop, and we're, we're happy to uh, spread the word. Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, um, this conversation, and, uh, and definitely looking forward to your support. Thanks, everyone, for listening. A reminder that you can find a wealth of sector news, analysis, and data on our website, powerforall.org and our platform for energy access knowledge, which we call PEAK, P-E-A-K. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter and other updates. And if you feel like making a tax-deductible contribution to Power for All, you can do so from our homepage. Speak with you soon on the next episode of Power.